You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Now plug yourself in the ass. It's the time for another Go Plug Yourself podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to our final Fringe episode. I think this is our 11th podcast that we've done covering the 2017 Montreal St. Ambroise Fringe Festival. And this is going to be the last one. We watched four shows. Sarah, what shows did we watch? We saw Crazy Bitch. John Bennett versus Jason Donovan, like a generation, and there's no I in fail. Very good. You look so proud of yourself. I like, could read, guys. She was reading off of a screen. She was like, I want to say the name of the show is in this episode. And she did it. I nailed it. I read. But there was another thing that you were supposed to do after that. Hey, Keith. Yeah? Why don't you start us off? Yeah? Italian is about crazy bitch. Okay. So we're going to start things off with... Crazy Bitch, which was the first show that we saw chronologically in our fringing experience. Uh, Crazy Bitch is a one-woman show starring Montreal up-and-coming. I guess she's still she's kind of established now. She was an up-and-comer like last year. This year she's in Montreal's established comedian Ellie McDonald from the Maritimes, but making her name... Hottest comedian. Hottest comedian? That's... I can't say... Eh? I can't... Walter co-host, go plug yourself with me. He thinks he's a pretty big uh, sex star. Yeah, sexy. Oh, okay. Hottest. Hottest. Eh? Hottest crazy bitch. I feel uncomfortable talking about <laughs> Ellie that way. <laughs> I'm just going With off my wife in the room. Hey, she's got a, she's, she knows. She so knows. from the um, blurb, uh, crazy bitch is a fresh, dark, and biting look at how the princess becomes the villain. Half autobiography, half social commentary, 100% comedy. Ellen McDonald uses stand-up film and storytelling to explore the ubiquitous phenomenon of the crazy bitch in this high-energy one-woman show. Um, I was expecting a little bit, uh, which often happens. And I mean, there was a little bit of that, um, where uh, a stand-up has a one-person uh, show, and it ends up just kind of being like a long set, which, yeah. is, which I'm not... Not discrediting any stand-up comedians who've done that with their French time. It's fine. It's entertaining. Uh, but Ellie, like I said, uh, from her even description, uses a bit of stand-up film and storytelling. There's, uh, I think, three cinematographic cutaways. Yeah, there is. Uh, there's, like, her intro. There's a, a middle section about body image. And then there's a finale that yeah. are, like, uh, done, that are filmed. She obviously does have some stand-up jokes. And also, but I'd say the vast... She also does a lot of storytelling. But exactly, the vast majority of the show is actually storytelling. It's not just like set up punchline, set up punchline. She does a little bit of crowd work, which is a lot more like standard kind of comedy stuff. But uh, I'm like I said, not to say it's a bad thing or anything with people doing stand-up, but I was a little surprised how much storytelling and how real Ellie gets with it. Uh, She talks, runs the full gamut, interestingly, of a lot of the what's... Like, you add a pregnancy to the star of Zero Days Without Crying. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Ba- basically, um, we, Ellie, <laughs> Ellie talks about having a shrink at a young age. She talks about uh, having a child at a young age. Getting married getting young. Getting married at a young age. Having a, Div- an like, unsuccessful marriage yeah. at a young age. Uh, and, and then, like, finding your own as well, which is kind of cool. Yeah, like, exactly. It's just, like, you know, small town minds. Small town mines. So yeah, small town mines. Put her down. Yeah, and she's like, you know what? Fuck that. Now, um, how do you f- do? You think that she comes off? I was gonna say the one thing is I don't think she comes off as the crazy bitch. 
No, but it's like the whole like it's just that's the way that people would say like, oh, why would you do that? Exactly. She's a crazy bitch. Yeah. You know, like not like crazy bitch. Like, whoa, look at her. She's a psycho. It's just like actually doing things for herself. Yeah. That and, just and makes it, her. That makes her someone who's. Oh my god. Yeah, exactly. She, that's it. It's like <laughs> what a crazy bitch. Just I guess like, if you were to, not a not a violent way or anything like yeah. that. If you were if you were to sum up the I guess the um the core of Ellie's show, it would be that like it's a fucking feminist awesome show. Yeah, sure, but I was gonna say <laughs> no arguments there. But I was gonna say at the core of it, it's that like when a woman kind of like sticks up for herself and does her own thing. Yeah, she usually ends up getting labeled as a crazy bitch. Yeah, like, even and that's though feminist. All she, feminism yeah, whoa, at like, its core. It's you're amazing. Like, you're yelling at me. I love it. <laughs> That's the word that you're trying to say. You're no, I, obviously it's a very, oh, it's a, at least speaks to the very strong feminist voice of any. But it, that's basically what the crazy bitch comes from. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. what I'm saying is that it's unfortunate that we live in a world yeah. where when a woman stands up for herself, she gets labeled as a crazy bitch. I know. That's Sucks. what we're talking about. But yeah. Smash she, the patriarchy. Yeah. But yeah, no. And I mean, uh, one of the things that is a little bit interesting, uh, I mean, or very interesting is um, the fact that. Ellie does come from a small, smaller town than Montreal. Like she doesn't come from a metropolitan city. She was raised Catholic, so it's just like a lot of society's like issues with women. I feel are almost like in that environment are even like more magnified. Yeah, you know, like it's the Catholic upbringing, small, town, smaller, town. smaller town, like more, a little more rural and stuff. Where it's like a lot of everybody's those in your biz. Yeah, everybody knows everybody. Everybody has like an opinion of what is right and how you should be living. And then uh, yeah. Ellie, she's old school. Ellie just smashes it. Yeah, and comes to Montreal, and the rest is history. I guess. Uh, who would you recommend the show to, Sarah? Um. Anyone who wants to burn their bra? Woo! Yeah. Anyone who wants to celebrate women? Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know why I said it that way. Anyway. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. Anyone who likes really stand up and yeah. Yeah. Just, I was saying, obviously. I, it was really good. It was just like, like you said, it is a, it is a stand up storytelling method. So it's mm-hmm. like, if you're into that, it was really fun. Yep. And it isn't, when I say, oh, it's feminist as fuck, it's act, that's not actually like, that's the the background of it in mm-hmm. my mind, okay. but it's not like she's like oh pushing a feminist agenda or anything. Like she's like talking about herself yeah. and how she like overcame people's like perception of what she should be doing and what would make her happy. And it's not reality. And most uh, most people don't think that way. I mean, mm. I don't know. Hopefully, I, more. I come from Hopefully I come from good. I come from Montreal, so I don't know. About yeah. small towns. You also, I mean, like, well, you also surround Catholic. yourself with, like, mostly, like, liberal, yeah. like... And also Catholic family. Yeah. So, I, got, I understand a bit of it, so... Yeah. A little bit, a little bit of the Catholic family. If you want to laugh at uh, people being super old school. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is very funny, but it's also, it's also pretty real. Like, yeah. a lot of the stories are, are very, very real. I mean, like I said, well, we, we, talked life, about, right? we talked about, like, depression and, like, postpartum depression and... Uh, Growing up in a, having been told by your husband and by your family that you should be doing something that doesn't make you happy. Like, it gets pretty real, but, like, Ellie is a skilled enough comedian to find the humor in all the situations. Yeah. And, like, you, you're never, you don't come out of there like a downer. You come no. out of there being like, yeah, man, you did it. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you did it. We're happy for you. Exactly. Uh, what's the next show that we saw, Sarah? Do you remember from five minutes ago? John Bennett yep. versus... Jason Donovan. Who's Jason Donovan, Sarah? He is my new favorite 
pop star. So move over, Nick Carter. <laughs> I got a new calendar coming. <laughs> Jason Donovan. Yeah. Uh, so what is the format of this show, Sarah? <laughs> like, and I, I, I didn't actually do it, but it, hopefully my voice implied air quotes on show. Because even John Bennett is was very willing to admit this is barely a show. <laughs> it's basically a bunch of people go play a board game. Yeah. If you want to. Yes. If you want to. They're, like, right, full okay, disclosure, like, okay, you're going there to see if we can beat the game, the yeah. Jason Donovan And I was going to say, a board game. game is giving a lot more credit to... It's like a trivia slash... But it's not even trivia. It's slash... Fuck. Like, dare, I guess? I don't even yeah. know. Truth? No, not, not dare, but just, like, the truth part of truth and dare. So the format of the Jason Donovan quote-unquote board game is you need to answer questions that from the cards. I think there's like a little board and all that stuff. The John Bennett's version is only the questions. And the questions are either wildly specific things about Jason Donovan. <laughs> yeah. Like, for instance, like, what are his favorite postcards? And I'm like, okay, I'll spoil it. I don't even care because it'll be a point for the audience if you listen to it. The answer is Thunderbirds. Oh, yeah. Right? So, like, like, what? I was like, I don't remember that one. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I didn't want one of the really <laughs> weird ones. That, that's just, like, a throwaway card. Like, there's no way to know that. It's, like, even uh, John Bennett's, like, Google it. Like, apparently there's two answers, I think, that one of the, <laughs> the someone from the audience found yeah. by Googling yeah. these, like, yeah. She was super proud. Because, exactly. She, I tried Googling, but I was like, oh, I can't even yeah, find it, anything and, But then also the other weirder ones are, like, weirdly honest questions which are not about Jason Donovan they're just about like you. to you they're like what, what, what was it do, do you have a crush on your best friend's boyfriend yeah it's something like that yeah and you're like what like completely bananas <laughs> you gotta and be honest can't lie can't, can't lie, lie. Or otherwise lying gets points um, and so the score is if you get the answer wrong Jason Donovan gets a point and if you get the answer right the audience, the audience gets a point yeah, uh, point there's a celebrity scorekeeper in our case it was Ala France who can also award points to random things yeah. Like honesty and romance and love. Apparently, Nazis once won one of the nights. Uh. I don't know how the Nazis ended up getting so many points. I feel it took a weird turn. A lot like of that. audience participation. Obviously, you just shout yeah. out the answers. Oh, and this I is one hundred percent audience participation. Think of it like a quiz night at a bar where the answers where don't make any the, sense. Where the goal is to beat my new favorite pop star. From the nineties, <laughs> Jason Donovan. Jason Donovan. And because the game is complete. And utter garbage. Um, John Bennett allows you allows a couple people in the audience to whistle or even just like a shout out uh, to do anything else. Like apparently in previous shows, they've gone to the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And everybody followed them into the bathroom. Uh, called their mom. Called their mom. They called their mom at our show uh, and sang some Jason Donovan songs at their mom. Uh, anything. They play uh, Dick Back Vagina Head. Which, if you know John Bennett, has been a long-running fringe game, which I won't explain too, too much. No, you got to go see the show. But, I mean, or, or just see John Bennett while he's drunk at a 13th hour. Because yeah. he will also explain Dick Back Vagina Head to you. That's, like, his go-to. Yeah. Like, he's even asked it on. That was, uh, Dick Back Vagina Head was one of the questions on Go Plug Yourself. After, oh. after that was a question to the future guest that John Bennett asked. So, guys, go back and listen to <laughs> that episode. And <laughs> he'll explain Dick Back Vagina Head to you. Uh, so we'll, we'll post what number it was. So you can do anything else. So he does have like elements prepared, like stories and some classic John Bennett storytelling prepared. He told a lot of stories about peeing himself at ours. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that was like a normal thing or if it was just for us. A weird departure because it's a yeah. it's a it's a messy, sloppy uh, show that is fun. 
Oh my god, it was so fun. Yeah, exactly. I was laughing the whole time. Like having a I was really like cry laughing. Yeah, I was, like some of the, like it's just like this. It doesn't seem. It seems like he wrote the answers to this because it's just out. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, and then his storytelling in between, and then like his frustration with Jason Donovan. Yeah, some it's the best. Yeah, I I honestly wish it was a two hour show because I feel like or an hour and a half, not two hours. I feel like we would all murder each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but like an hour and a half, I feel it would have given us to, uh, enough time to hear John, more of John Bennett. Yeah, which ours just wanted to play the game. Well, not, like there was a lot of not playing the game. So, like to be fair, yeah, but I wanted to hear more. <laughs> I wanted to hear more about like all the research and bullshit he had to do for this thing. Yeah, and then um, you can also still play the game. Mm-hmm. We who, won. Who would you recommend? Yeah, and apparently Australia has never beaten Jason Donovan. Montreal has beaten Jason Donovan at least twice. We kind of have cheated though. Yeah, but we you're realized allowed. we obtained cheating is allowed. We obtained a lead. And then we refused to play the game for the last five minutes of the show. Yeah, perfect. Perfect so way to win. we just, like, killed the clock. Yeah. One at the buzzer beater. Hockey analogy. We just, like, held onto the puck and played D. That yeah. was it. It's good. Uh, who'd you recommend the show to, Sarah? People who like to go to pub night, pub quiz nights. I don't know what these things are called, by the way. Trivia nights. Pub Trivia quiz nights. Quiz nights, yeah, I guess. Trivia yeah. nights at bars and cafes. People who like to do that, go see the show. Uh, people who... Really love Jason 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 Donovan. Um, people who hate Jason Donovan. I feel that also it goes without saying that if you are John Bennett has been a mainstay at the Fringe. I think for like the last twenty seven years. I think it's the twenty seventh edition of the Fringe. John Bennett has been in every one of them. I don't know if that's true. I actually know that's not true. But he's been in at least the last like six. Like I can. Anyway, I remember yeah. him at least the it's last. Been here six. for a long time. So there's a pretty good chance if you are a uh, experienced fringer, you've seen Jason. Jason, hmm, you've seen John Bennett <laughs> uh, before, and there is a, a lot of the. This the, comes up a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a lot of the uh, um, the John Bennettisms in the show. Like yeah. there are like he does you does his storytelling style. Uh, we didn't get there, but he would read a poem yeah. if we wanted him to. If we wanted him to read a poem, he apparently has a whole. That's why I said I wish it was an hour and a half, so yeah. we can hear some more of that for like the people who are psychotic and want to learn a lot about this Jason asshole dude. <laughs> Jason asshole. You should rebrand the game and re-release it. The Jason, Jason asshole, asshole trivia, trivia game. game. Uh, um. So yeah, I think that's an easy recommendation if yeah. you like. John Bennett. And we went to go see a late one. It was great. You drink a lot. Play yeah, the game. Exactly. Have fun. What was the next show that we saw, Sarah? Like a Generation. Like a Generation. Ooh, nailed it. You know uh, why? Because all these names are not too long, so I can remember them. Exactly. Uh, this is from Coyote Collective, who we did have an interview with, if you want to go back and listen to that. Uh, we had, I'm going to, uh, I hope I get all the names right. We had Eric Blue and Susanna on from Coyote Collective, who are the three stars of the show. Um, what is like a generation, Sarah? Ooh, I'm gonna cry. No, <laughs> though I will say, uh, preamble: this friend show wins the um the Sarah Sarah, Sarah Kong in a theater award. Yeah, Sarah <laughs> chokes up. It's the only one of the shows we've seen that has uh has tear jerked Sarah successfully. So old people and sad. Happy clowns make me sad. Yes. <laughs> this one has a sad, happy clown. Or a happy, sad clown. Like an innocent, an innocent yeah. clown. Yeah, a very innocent clown. Basically, it's like, uh, if you, okay, so I'm going to pretend that you didn't listen to the other episode. Okay. 
and I'll just start from there. So, um, the clown, Mr. Flowers, mm-hmm. has a show for what seems to be like 20 15, years, 20 years. Yeah, I think yeah. it's 20. So, 15, 20 years, he has a show um, on probably public access TV. Yeah. Um, and then... Like PBS in America, CBC in Canada. You yeah, know. exactly. <laughs> Um, and it's his last show and he invites two people from the past that grew up watching him. Mm-hmm. One of them was someone who was inspirational to the reason why he did everything. Mm-hmm. And someone else was just like a mega fan mm-hmm. that, uh, it's like the two spectrums is like one person who's like a super mega fan who's like has no life. And then there's a, someone else who was like inspirational to the, he was like the muse basically yeah. to the show who's like free and, or wants to be as free as someone can be yeah. in uh, the modern world. Yeah. I would say, and the, to go a little bit deeper than that, with what the, sh- the crux of the show is the fact that both of these characters grew up watching a children's television program called Mr. Flowers, which which is uh, preaching a lot of the uh, those like the ideals and stuff that like Mr. Rogers does, where it's just sort of like you're special, you can do anything you want to, like yeah. follow your dreams, like normal, and like normal stuff that we tell and kids, and like little bit of like snippets to like be a good person. Yeah, exactly. Like recycle and be kind to strangers, plant trees, and plant trees, and all that. And, but that, now we, then you grow up with uh, two people who are 20 years later and one, like you said, the muse, who like really does want to change the whole world but is uh, sort like, of sh- struggling with the fact that one person can't. Yeah. Right? Like she's, she's, she's traveled to Poland and she's traveled to uh, like, like South Africa and she's like – she's like traveled all over the world kind of doing these – uh, humanitarian, humanitarian work, work yeah. and but like she also admits that it doesn't change that much yeah you know and now she's at a point in her life where she's like yeah, the whole entire world is falling apart and everything i do doesn't actually change it and then you have another guy who doesn't necessarily want to change the world but he's sort of bought into the idea that if you like work hard and do a good job which is also what they kind of t- yeah. teach you in those children's things that you'll uh, be happy like, you'll be happy and he like has a well-paying job but like no hobbies or interests or whatever but is on like a pretty solid career path that's like about moving numbers around on spreadsheets and he's like i'm not happy either so it's like the two different spectrums of coping with being told that you could do anything you want you could change the world as a child and then coping and dealing with how does that actually apply to you as a grown-up and like do you like yourself as a (laughs) grown-up and are you who you wanted to grow up to be yeah and if all of this starts to sound like a little bit heavy it is like it is it is they do keep it there's always mr flowers does a really good job of Mm -hmm. like bringing it back to like so it is still like we're watching the last episode right yeah so he does a good job of when these people when he's when, when it gets too real get too real he's like but what about this and like does this like the you know the smile and like the whole yeah, they like do, they do a good he job. lighten the mo the mood and like changing yeah. subjects so that it's not too sad so everybody can be happy yeah <laughs> they do they do like a good job of uh of pulling like awkward laughter where you're like you're like Ooh. like like things get a little real and then they're just sort of like Ta-da! And then you're like, yeah. <laughs> like thank goodness that little laugh came because I was like feeling pretty rough. Yeah. Um, I didn't cry because it was sad though. No, it wasn't. It's not sad. It's like I just it, cried because I was like the good. F- I felt like I was like, oh, he fulfilled his destiny. 
Sad the clown. Good, the good analogy. Sad happy clown. Yeah. The, the analogy <laughs> that uh, Coyote Collective made on the interview uh, is a lot like uh, Mr. Boingo in the movie Inside Out by Pixar. Yeah. Like, which if that didn't make you cry, you're a monster. Yeah. Sarah's almost tearing up just thinking about that character in Inside Out. <laughs> But it has a lot of those. Yeah, how, it's like, like it, it's it makes exactly. It, it makes you kind of want to cry the same way a Pixar movie can yeah. kind of make you want to cry. Yeah. It's not necessarily overtly sad, but you're like. It just uh, makes you think about like all the like all the good stuff that could happen, and then you're like, oh, this is not it. But growing then you're up like, sucks, you guys. Yeah, growing up's worse. <laughs> um, uh, who would you recommend the show to, Sarah? I would recommend this show. Actually, it was a really good theater. So anyone who really enjoys theater and mm-hmm. like. Um, isn't afraid of clowns because he the guy is a clown, right? He's also a giant. So if you're afraid of clowns, don't go because I'm sorry, but you're gonna probably shit yourself. <laughs> but he he has like like classic like 50s clown makeup. I yeah. find mm-hmm. fucking cool. I liked it a lot. I'm not afraid of clowns. Yeah, I they pull my heartstrings. Yeah. So if you find sad clowns endearing go see that as well <laughs> um and i don't know it was just really good it was yeah so if you want to see a play an actual play that had a lot of meaning i found it had a lot of meaning like it's like finding like like understanding what your purpose is you know a little mm-hmm. bit like not everything's gonna be great you can't focus on everything that's fucked up and you just gotta find that one thing just, just roll with it, man. Yeah. And it I was, was that, great. It yeah, was fucking great. All, all three performers, I think, <laughs> knock it out of the park in terms of... Like, I want to watch it again. Conveying... So I can actually cry. Just want to watch it again to buy yourself? <laughs> no one else in the theater. If you guys want to put on a private show... Oh, God, Sarah, no. Just so you can ugly cry all by <laughs> yourself. Because <laughs> I, I, know, I know the middle and the ending. That's why I'm going to be like, <laughs> from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Flowers is just going to start drawing his little trees at the beginning, and you're going to be like... <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly you're like, it's from I remember Mr. Child's flowers from my childhood. Yeah, that's listen. exactly how this makes you think. It just yeah. makes you think back a little bit, and it's like, oh, cute. And finally, the last show that we're going to be talking about today, Sarah. Look, you're so happy. <laughs> Stop. What is it's, it? <laughs> there's no I in fail. Yeah. And I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the latest from Trent Bauman, a.k.a. Yeah. formerly, I think he's had two different shows, as The Birdman. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little bit of a fangirl for The Birdman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's an understatement. I'm like giggling. <laughs> yeah. L- listen to her. Like, this is the review. It's just her giggling yeah. awkwardly. No, but I love it. We were it. in lineup for The Precinct. Yeah. And uh, Trent came up to flyer us and tell us a little bit about our show. Sarah just cut him off and was like, are you The Birdman? And he's like, yeah, I'm the Birdman. And then she's like, I'm coming. I'm coming to your show. You, you don't tell me anything more about it. I'm coming. I want to be surprised. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what is There Is No I Fail About, Sarah? So um, it's like a dream circus play. A dream circus play? That's Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like if Bjork had no, like, didn't have millions of dollars. Okay. And then put on a 45-minute concert with no without music, without singing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because, like, the score is original, and it's, like, kind of, like, dreamlike. Mm-hmm. Same, like, you know, like, Bjork style. Mm-hmm. I'm using Bjork just because I was listening to Bjork this morning. And, and you're then like, I was Birdman and Bjork should collaborate. <laughs> I want to see them together. <laughs> 
So, uh, see, fangirl. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I should be reviewing this. You should probably talk about it because, like, because I, I I'm can, super biased. Like, I fucking loved it. Yeah, and it's like everything that he, I see from him, I find it so magical. It makes me feel so good. Okay, so it's, it's, like, it's weird that you yeah. say that feel, you feel so good. Because uh, one of the things that's sort of a, uh, a through line in both this show and in the Birdman show is a lot of the dialogue that Trent uses is kind of anti-motivational. Yeah. Like, he's just being, like, like there, there is no I in fail, which, I mean, obviously there is. It's, like, it's terrible. Uh, but it's, you know, he's saying, like, <clears throat> like, do, like, you can't fail if you do nothing. I know. You but know, the like, wh- only trying is failure. But, like, the, but he, like, he says the words, but then does sort of, like, these weird dreamlike circus yeah. performances. So he obviously is trying. It's almost... Like, uh, it's hard to, it's hard to say. Cause he, it is like almost everything that he says is like anti-motivational. Yeah. But then it's sort of like finding, but it's, he let me finish my thought. Fucking fail. Ever. Well. I don't know why I'm saying it this way, but anyway. Anyway. I'm just saying, but he. Okay, go. By diminishing the like, what I feel the goal is, and this is me like just trying to like, trying to work this out right now. What I feel that the goal of the pieces are, is that you even if you don't try, you can't fail. But then also that, like, if you've accepted failure, you can try anything in a weird way. You know? Like, if you've accepted the fact that you can fail, you can try anything because yeah. you don't really care about failure. Well, that's why I feel so happy when I leave because I'm like, yeah, I can do fucking something. <laughs> Just anything. Something. Anything. But then I don't. But, yeah. So, um, <laughs> it's, like, weird a little, I guess, like, poetry, anti-motivational Quips uh, original score by uh, one of his collaborators, um, and then like these sort of avant-garde, absurdist circus performances. Yeah. Like as as he will tell you. So this is not a spoiler. So if you run into him the street, he will also tell you. Also, the promo photo. What? Well, okay, go. I'm just saying he'll do things like he'll balance uh, six milk crates on his chin. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, he also climbs inside a man-sized balloon. Yeah, which is promo. For the show. Yeah. For Fringe. Okay. So, and that is insane. Yeah. He's tall. He's, like, really tall, guys. Exactly. It's very... You've never seen him. He's, like, I don't know, six-something? He also does the scariest thing in the world. Which I, I jumped out know. of my seat. I don't even know if I want to share what he does. <laughs> no, don't do it. Don't do it. It's Go see it. Unless, you have, unless cool. you have a fear of balloons. Yeah, unless you have a fear of balloons. If you want to know, ask us. Eh? <laughs> eh? Eh? If you want to know what the scary... The scariest thing you could, I, okay, I defined it as the scariest thing you could do in the world that you're, that actually puts you in no, like, physical danger whatsoever. Yeah. Think about that. You'll see that. If there is no iron fail. Sarah, who would you recommend it to? You're going to say everyone. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyone who's open minded mm-hmm. to feeling good really, about being like, weird? Just, yeah, like, just wanting to see something a little bit different. Just being open-minded, feeling like a kid again without, like, actually kid-like stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's not silly. Yeah. So, like, it's not, like, kooky. It's not silly. It's just, like, it's just lighthearted and fun. I don't know. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> what? What was that? Uh, so, those are the last four shows that we saw. Yeah. 
thanks so much for listening, everybody. We had a bunch of downloads. We had a bunch of uh, feedback and shares and yeah. retweets and all those things that are super awesome. And we think everybody that we saw has a show on the weekend. And yes. this is up before the weekend. Yes. So there, go there's, support there's everybody still on three there. days remaining in the fringe. Just check your schedule. There's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday shows running. Uh, everybody has at least – I think everybody that we're talking about has at least two shows left. Yeah. Uh, maybe some more yeah. um, if you're listening to this on Friday. Uh, and if for some reason you stumbled upon this podcast due to hashtags and stuff and the shows are playing in other fringes, then go see them at other fringes because some of these shows are touring acts. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much for listening, everybody. If you enjoy a little bit of what we do, obviously check out the website, 9to5.cc. We do other podcasts, Go Plug Yourself, which focuses on Montreal talent. We also do another podcast that focuses on geek stuff called 9to5 Entertainment System. Uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, all those. Instagram. Instagram. Says female Walter on Instagram because I apparently married the female version of my co-host on the podcast. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Happy Fringe, everybody. We'll see you next year at the Fringe. Bye. Those sweet, sweet piano tunes you're listening to right now come courtesy of Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude. Oh man, that was some great podcasting, wasn't it? Anyhow, be sure as always to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, add us on iTunes, buy our stuff, and basically try as hard as you can to make us happy in every single way possible. Uh, of course, be sure to check back every day on 9to5.cc for comics on Wednesdays, podcasts on Thursdays, Scott or Sophie's art on Fridays, and seriously, we'll try as hard as we can to get Zombies and Loathing, Fuck Mondays, and Templars back as soon as we can. Thanks for listening, everyone. 9to5.cc We're not working. Why should you?